Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. Yeah, actually, don't. Physicians and entertainment companies are joining forces to reduce the stigmas around mental health. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are teaching their son, it's okay to cry. And we're chatting with Laura Bogart about millennials moving back home with their parents. It's April 7th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Um, you know, Casey, I actually, I woke up this morning and my voice was almost completely gone. Like, I tried to send a voice recording to my friends and they were like, we can't, we can't hear you. It sounded like I was crying. And I was like, no, I just, <laughs> I just can't talk. I don't know what happened. I like did steam and. I'm like happy your voice is back. But also I think it could have been really funny if you hosted the show and it sounded like you were crying <laughs> the whole time because I think that's relatable. <laughs> It is. That's how I feel on the inside, just so everyone knows. <laughs> um, yes, but very glad that my voice is back. Excited to chat today. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so we're starting with a cool initiative that's picking up steam. TV heavy hitters like BET and Viacom CBS are teaming up with physicians to launch a mental health storytelling coalition. Its goal is to help address anxiety and depression in young people, and it's going to kick off in May with a summit where a mental health media guide will be unveiled. That guide will contain, quote, best practices and evidence-based recommendations to support storytellers at any phase in the production process across topics and genres. MTV Entertainment Group led the effort, and other participants include Amazon and Disney. I mean, I'm excited about this. I feel like, you know, with so many young people, especially watching TV and like more and more of these stories covering mental health, it's important that we're doing it well. And, you know, it could be traumatizing if we didn't. (laughs) 
Yes. Oh, extremely traumatizing. And then on top of that, I think that this is helpful because I feel like sometimes people might not touch on mental health or write it into their scripts because they don't know how to do it. So this is going to hopefully allow like even more to be there. And which I think is great because, you know, if you spend any time on TikTok or basically the internet at large, Gen Z is in such a positive, good way focused on mental health in such a way like they're so open about going to therapy. And that is just so extremely beneficial to anyone. So the fact that they're like destigmatizing it, ugh, chef's kiss. I know I've watched some old like Degrassi episodes and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this was not handled well. Um, so I'm glad we're I'm glad we're going in the opposite direction of that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are teaching their two-year-old son that there's no right way to be a man. In an interview with People magazine, Teigen noted that Miles is a very emotional kid and that showing that emotion can be a point of strength. She noted, quote, I think more men should embrace their emotions. I think that's really important in this world, that it's okay to cry and it's okay to be upset about something or to be sad about something. We're going to talk it through and it's okay. She also credits her husband, John, on his parenting style, stating, quote, there is no be a man in our house. There's no right way to be a man. Okay, honestly, this story is really related to the last. And (laughs) I think it is such a positive message. And it's not to bring up TikTok again, but I will. (laughs) I I saw this great one where it was this mom who's talking to her toddler who is just like, who's having a meltdown. And instead of just being like, stop it or blah, 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 blah. It's very just like, what are you feeling? Why are you sad right now? Just those like basic feelings and emotions, letting kids know it's okay to express them. Oh my God, especially boys. I mean, not to call out all men 60 or older, but but I'm calling them out and hopefully this new generation can can learn from them in the opposite direction. I love it. We got to start them young, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, we learned some very important news over the weekend. All right, here we go. (laughs) Pete Davidson... (laughs) Pete Davidson has finally moved out of his mom's basement. I mean, I want I want fireworks now. Um, he made this revelation on a Zoom call that was posted on TikTok, and it showed him opening the door to his new home in a high-rise building in Staten Island. So still, like, I mean, that's quite the upgrade. <laughs> you know what? I'm proud of him. You know, if and when you want to move out of your parents' house, kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so let's be real here. Pete Davidson is not your average 27 year old. Oh, my God. We're the same age. Um, He's a literal millionaire. But Wait, we have to he- pause. I can't believe Shyla just said her real age. This is the biggest thing. For oh, the yeah, past- can we delete? <laughs> no, we're not deleting it. For the past two years, she has said that she's turning 25 and that she's never not turning 25. So the fact no that she just admitted to, to being 27 <laughs> is a really big deal. Now I'm going to never talk about my birthday ever again. (laughs) You already did. It's here forever. Okay, continuing on with Pete Davidson, who is the same age as you, age 27. (laughs) Casey. (laughs) Okay, so ignoring whatever you just said, because we're not going to touch on that. um, The fact that he chose to live at home is very relatable, you know? That's because more and more young adults are living with their parents, even surpassing rates seen during the height of the Great Depression. For some of those young adults... It was a choice to move home during the pandemic. For others, it was their only option. Now, as some COVID restrictions are being lifted, a lot of people are trying to figure out if and when they'll be able to move back out or if they even want to. We're joined by BuzzFeed contributor Laura Bogart. She wrote the piece, Millennials are trying to shake the stigma of moving back in with their parents. 
Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So you wrote this piece back in the fall and interviewed a lot of people who moved back in with their parents. What did most of them have to say about moving back and how they felt about it? So um, a lot of folks were moving back. They're the two kind of big concerns that came up were financial, um, you know, especially with the way that, that the COVID-19 pandemic has just impacted people's livelihoods sort of across the board, across different types of industries. That was one. The other kind of big theme that came up again and again and again was this idea of isolation and the fear of being isolated, whether it was the the individuals themselves who were scared of like living alone during the worst of the pandemic and who were afraid of having elderly parents be completely alone. So I would say it was sort of this idea of returning home you know, to save money, to to just not be alone during like really dark and hard and scary times for everyone. So I think this was the biggest reason. And, you know, those are extremely valid reasons, but a lot of people felt shame about moving back with their parents. But did anyone feel good about moving back in? There were a number of people. There was one young guy that I talked to and he, he kind of was like, he had just had a really positive attitude about it where he was like, yeah, like things were not great. Like he had lost a job in education. He was living in the city and he, you know, just sort of did the math and was like, this would be so much smarter and better for me to move in with my mom. And he had a, a really good relationship with his mom. He enjoyed working on a new space, you know, within the home. And he just kept a really buoyant, present, you know, happy attitude. Um, And I think he has also moved out fairly recently um, to another part of the state, but he just had a really, I think his attitude was the best. He was just like, this is the situation. And what he would say, and what I heard from a few people was that they were lucky to be in a position where they could have family to turn to, especially because a lot of the social services, you know, I I live in the state of Maryland and people were having problems with our unemployment system. People were having problems accessing social services. And I think that's by no means limited to our state individually, but people thought, you know, I'm lucky I have this resource to turn back to. And he was, he was one of them. I think culturally speaking, it was very different across the board in sort of non-Western families. The the idea that an adult child would move back in was much more normalized. And so it was just sort of treated as like, well, we're all going to be together during this as opposed to you know, like you were saying, like that it was this shameful thing and this evidence of some sort of failure. You revealed in your piece that you yourself had also moved back in with your parents, but since you published it, you've moved back out on your own. How'd you know it was time to go? So for me, you know, it was a combination of things. I have parents who are over 70 who had, you know, multiple conditions. So to me, when they received their second vaccine, and I knew that they would be okay, that my mother in particular could re-enter the world to some degree. I felt better about not being in the home, not being present all the time because I felt like they would have more options now. So the vaccine made a huge difference for me in my own decision to, to move out on my, my own again. 
Wow, I'm so glad to hear that your parents are vaccinated and doing well. Did moving back home change you or your relationship with your parents at all? My reaction is sort of interesting and it's twofold. One, I enjoyed spending the time with my mother a lot. You know, I got to kind of see her as like a person who you know, watches fan videos of Outlander. Don't tell her I said that. Um, (laughs) And, you know, has opinions about things that are sort of happening in the world. And that was really cool. And I don't know that I would have gotten to have that experience without having moved home. I will say, like, I did realize I am someone who flourishes emotionally with some degree of her own space. And so having that is very important to me. And I became very aware of how important it was to me. I mean, look, I think that the damage has been done economically because of this pandemic is not going to be any kind of emotional damage of this pandemic. The loneliness of it all is not going to go away anytime soon. And so I think people will be living. It's not going to be presto bingo. It's over. We're all going back out again. But I think that when people do start going back out again, one thing that I'm sort of experiencing, and I will be very curious about how well other people experience it, is having lived with other people for a year, even if at times it was stressful, even if at times I missed having my own space, being alone again is very unique. And I had lived alone for like 10 years before that. And there is like, on the one hand, there's a reacclimation that you, you have to go through. I mean, I remember like I went to the grocery store and I was standing in the aisle, like I'm cooking dinner for myself. Like what the heck do I even want? <laughs> like, I don't know how to do the solo cooking anymore. It's hard. It's hard. It I know that life well. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back to break down the concept of independent living and how it might be changing. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at NFL.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Welcome back. We're talking with Laura Bogart about people living with their parents. 
So you've noted that this concept of independent living at 18 is a very American thing. Do you think we could see a cultural shift in the way Americans think about living at home? I hope so. I mean, I really, I think that if we've learned anything over the past, you know, year and change, it's that we are all kind of one really bad thing away or not even really bad, but just like one kind of mishap or paycheck or issue away from not being able to, you know, make it on our own. And a lot of, you know, American society really, you know, we get these two messages, right? It's that bootstrapping type of message where it's like, you must live independently. You must do everything by yourself. You must be, you know, kind of stalwart and independent. And then everything in the society is set up to keep people from getting the tools and the things that they need to sort of help them in that way. So that's difficult. And I hope that the changes that we've undergone, culturally speaking, help destigmatize this idea that, like, you can't always make it alone. You can't always do everything and have it be perfectly independent. I will say, like, I've talked to people since who have said that they've changed their attitudes about people who've lived at home because they've known more people who are living at home now. And I hope that that does change. I hope that we rethink the way we look at sort of the individual and society and what people can and can't do on their own. Yeah. And I feel like it's not even related just to moving back in with their parents. You know, I'm 30 years old and sometimes feel shame for having roommates, but I'm like, why wouldn't I have roommates when the rent's much cheaper and I'm happier with other people? But, you know, the stigma we have is do it yourself. Right. There's sort of this like apex of like adult life, like a single adult life period. Right. It's like if you have to be single, then you should be single and living on your own. And like, I don't know. I mean, relationships that we have with other people are like very, very important and like sustaining. And so who cares if it's family or if it's roommates, you know? And, you know, to Casey's point, it really does feel like millennials in general have reset the standard in terms of how we define what adulthood is. You know, this is definitely the case for me and my friends, marrying later, having children later. Why do you think that is? I think, I can't believe I get to say your generation, but I am 38. (laughs) But I think you guys have just seen what has not worked. And I joke, I call myself a grandma millennial. And like, we sort of looked at like, the things that didn't work for Generation X, the people who came before us. And for them, I think for us, we, you know, we looked at sort of, you know, them in the job market and a sort of constant mobility. And, you know, it didn't work for us in the same way it worked for them. And I think you guys are seeing this idea of what the adult life should look like that we've done, where we've done these like three and four and five jobs to sort of stay afloat and keep things, you know, keep a rent over our heads because this idea of like living alone was so important. And I think having seen these things sort of kind of trickle down generationally, you guys are better able to just say, this is not for us and we're not going to break ourselves to do these things. I, uh, you know, to have this certain type of life style. I think you guys are also more transparent and connected with each other. I think you're a lot more open about your feelings. And the thing that I I observed when I interviewed 
people is that people who were in their twenties and like very early thirties, like did not have the same fear or hesitancy to talk about it. Not only in terms of the job stuff, which I think is very relatable. Anybody can sort of understand, you know, something happened with my job. I've got to move away, especially with what was happening with the pandemic, with the record numbers of unemployment. But what I had noticed in the younger interviewees is that you guys were more transparent about like, yeah, it sucked. I was lonely. I was scared of being by myself. And I think there's something very admirable about just being able to admit that kind of vulnerability. Mm. So speaking of those people that you interviewed, do you think most of the millennials you spoke with will plan to move back out as soon as they can? And then what obstacles might they face? I would imagine a lot of them probably would at some point. I think obstacle wise, you know, I think, like I said, we're just going to have to see what the employment market looks like coming out of this, what the jobs are like you know, can people afford to live on their own? And if so, where will they be going? Will more jobs be remote as employers kind of see how that's working? So I think that's one factor. One thing I'll be very curious to see is, you know, and I don't know if this would be something that would be studied, is if people are going to really go back into a roommate type situation, even if it's by choice, you know, there was this idea, like you were saying about, you know, roommates help make the rent easier. Um, But I know people who are in my age cohort who are talking about getting single people who are talking about getting roommates. And I think it's because this idea of like, I don't want to be alone again like being alone again is sort of scary. And so I wonder if we're going to kind of break the hierarchy of like, you know, again, like I think the hierarchy of adulthood is like you're married and you have children in some capacity or another. That is sort of like the omega of the adult experience, right? And then it's, you know, you live alone, you have your own place and it's very important. And then it's so on, so on, so on. I wonder if we're going to disrupt that. And so even if it's not you're staying with family, if it's you're staying with roommates or you have sort of a communal experience or a found community that you live with and with people who share your values and things like that, I would hope that we sort of would look at the way culturally speaking We've kept ourselves isolated and lonely because we've had these ideas about what is the more prestigious life. And I hope we're able to sort of break them down. Listen, I love talking about disrupting any hierarchy. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, Shiloh finally revealed her age to us. It's truly a miracle we figured it out. Delete. (laughs) Delete. Um, Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a reading and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. 
Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.